1022-1022 in the Green Bibles, and it's John chapter 15, beginning to read from verse 1. John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great. Thank you, Judith. I'd love you to keep that passage open in front of you on page 1022-1023, John 15, this uh, familiar image Jesus employs. Uh, I'll come to that in a moment, but let me just say, by way of um, introduction, the, I often get um, people from time to time, they come to me and say, um, why do we um, sing these songs over and over? Why do we repeat them? And uh, that's, that's one thing. And another thing that people often say from time to time is, for example, that last song we sang just a few minutes ago, you're all I've ever wanted, you're all I've ever needed, referring to, to God the Father in Jesus Christ and by his spirit. God, you're all ever. And Tim, they say, and I appreciate the honesty, I just don't, that isn't true. I can't honestly say that God is all I've ever wanted. Why do we have to sing those songs? And why do we repeat them? Um, and I just found myself going through what I, I, I've, be, I've been encouraged and helped in, in my Christian life, a process to go through and to recognize. I think it's an engagement with God by his spirit. Because if I'm honest, if I look back on the last few days and the last few weeks of my life and the way I've lived my life, I can't sing that with integrity. I can't honestly say that every moment of every day, God is all I've ever wanted. I've wanted some things that are just for me, <laughs> if I'm honest. But you see, as I sing that, I see that line, and I see that it invites me to, to declare it, to speak it out. I know that's not entirely true, and the Spirit gets to work and convicts me. And uh, that's why, from time to time, I stop singing. And actually, I'd want to say to you, don't sing if the Lord is knocking on the door of your heart. <laughs> stop singing and say, Lord, yes, uh, I'm... I'm sorry, last Thursday, you're right. And do you know last, well, in fact, and that, relation, and that comment, and that, oh, yeah. Those were times when you weren't all that I ever wanted. Um, 
I'd love to encourage the idea that we don't just confess when we pray the confession. Actually, the Christian life is an ongoing confession as we recognize the conviction of the Spirit, often during the worship time. And that's why I'm glad for the repetition, because we come back to it. And actually, having repented and said, Lord, I'm sorry, in the quietness of my heart, I'm now able a little bit more to sing aspirationally, you really are, Lord. You, I, I really intend, with the help of your life in me, I really intend to live for you and to worship you and to speak and sing these things with as much uh, integrity uh, as I possibly can. Um, and if we only sang it once, I would have missed that chance. So I'm so grateful that you repeated it, Gordon and Fiona. We'd better pray, hadn't we, as we get into this passage together. Father, we thank you so much that actually it is a relationship with you. You interact with us. You penetrate our lives. You want to live in and through us by your spirit. So this image of the vine, help us, equip us, convict us, teach us this morning. For your glory's sake, amen. Amen. Here we are with this image of the vine, and just to remind you, or if you're um, here, perhaps visiting, or for the first time, this idea of life sometimes feeling a little bit like um, walking up the down escalator. You <laughs> feel that? It seems like such a sort of effort and a plod just to stand still. <laughs> Don't even appear to be getting anywhere. There's just so much going on. <laughs> and if I stop, if I, if I stop for a moment, I'll just be carried on down. Because the world, as Paul writes to the, letter, uh, to the church in Rome, is in bondage to decay. And if we just leave everything alone, if we don't brush our teeth, they will eventually decay. If we don't make the effort to meet new people here, then we will become a closed little clique. And we'll, we'll just fragment and decay and die away. But how do we have the energy? How do we have the inspiration, the vision, the life? to grow, to flourish, so that there's spare capacity in our lives to bless others and to give to them. And Jesus teaches his disciples, I am the true vine and you are the branches. Remain in me, verse four, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. How can we live? How can we grow? How can we be a blessing to others? And the answer is not, as we're sometimes tempted to think it might be, it's not to bear fruit. It's to remain in the vine. Jesus doesn't command his disciples to bear fruit. He says that they will bear fruit as an inevitable consequence of their remaining in the vine. Branches in the vine will inevitably bear fruit. Disciples in relationship, ongoing relationship with the Lord will inevitably live lives that are loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind and good and demonstrating self-control. The fruit of the Spirit, as Paul outlines it in one of his letters. What does living fruitful lives by remaining in the vine, what does it look like or feel like? And I want to focus just on one verse today, verse two, and the second half of it in particular, as a little meditation, something for us to chew on for the next few minutes and on into the remaining weeks 
and months. Uh, let's just go from verse one actually. I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. Jesus employing this metaphor. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. How do we grow? How do we become more fruitful? Well, it's as we remain in the vine and we recognize that the father, the gardener, will from time to time prune the vine. How do we grow? How do we become more fruitful? It is recognizing the pruning activity of the father. Now I want to say, um, I've been doing a little bit of research um, on uh, matters of horticulture. Uh, And there are times, there are seasons, when actually there is no apparent growth in plants. You'll know that, the winter time. Late autumn, winter, early spring. You look out on your garden, look out on a, a vine, nothing appears to be happening, nothing. Actually, there's lots of things going on, invisible to the eye, inside. There's preparation for growth and fruitfulness. But, but it's a preparation period, no apparent growth. I want to say to some of us today, you may feel that you've been in a little season where nothing appears to be going on. Don't you believe it? There's preparation time. There's preparation time going on that's unseen to you and maybe unseen to others as well. So there are seasons for that. I also want to say there are seasons too when a a wise vine dresser, a a wise gardener will know just to let the garden grow, to let the vine grow. Let it grow. And there'll be times of growth. Actually, as individuals, we don't see that nearly so easily in ourselves as others see it in us, which is why it's so important that we meet together with other Christians, other people who are looking for the life of God in us. You always see signs of life fruit in other people's lives much more easily than you see it in yourself. So get with others so they can spot and encourage God's life. But with the growth comes pruning. With the growth comes pruning. It's a key activity. Jesus tells us in verse two, he prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will be even more fruitful. Pruning. Let's just be real for a minute. I'm not talking about a little snip, snip. A little, do you mind if I just, I'm just going to take that leaf. Yep, yep. It isn't that. Pruning is with these babies. Have you ever watched a skillful gardener at work pruning? It, it, it's not a particularly gentle thing. It decimates. And a vine in particular, a vine grows. You take these things, you sharpen the blades, and you cut, 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 cut. I saw a picture on, on I was researching this, and I saw a picture on the, on the web of a vine that had been pruned by an expert gardener. There was carnage everywhere. There was branches and leaves and grapes This was a healthy vine that was growing fruit, decimated. I I looked at this thing, I thought, he's killed it. He's killed that vine, it's dead. But months later, it had grown to be even more fruitful. Why does the father prune? Verse two, not because he hates the vine, 
I'll show him. Not because he's got a new toy and wants to try it out. He prunes the vine so that it will be even more fruitful. The, the inference is it's fruitful already. It's bearing fruit already. There are signs of God's life in the life of the disciple already. It's not because he hates you. It's not because he wants to make life hard. It's because he wants to make life even more fruitful. It's a promise. The Olympics are coming up shortly. These athletes all aspiring to gold medals. They will have trainers and coaches and advisors. What will the trainers do? Oh, take it easy. Don't worry. Chill out. They'll be training them hard. There'll be sessions that need to be harder than previous sessions to stretch and push the athletes, to test them beyond what they've been to before so that they can, they can increase their threshold of pain or endurance or speed or whatever it might be. Hard times, intense times. Why? Because the trainer hates the athletes? He's got some kind of you know, personal vendetta again? No. The trainer loves, is committed to the athlete. The trainer sees in the athlete huge potential. And precisely because of the potential that's already there, the trainer, the coach, will push through so that they can win the gold medal, they can win the prize. Parents, the long, hard slog of parenting. Why do we discipline our children? Why from time to time do we appear to make it tough for them? Because we hate them? No. Because we love them. And we want them to be even more rooted and secure and mature longer term. So too, the father prunes the branches, training them to be ever more reliant on the vine. Three things, very briefly, about this pruning. First of all, it's frequent. I gather, uh, studying up on vines, that when a vine is quite young, the vine dresser will prune it frequently in its early years. This is because apparently a vine grows at a, an extraordinary rate. And so you've got the sort of vine stem, and the branches grow out and along at an extraordinary rate. And so the vine dresser has to cut it right back to the stem each time in order to make the point of connection of the branch onto the stem stronger and thicker. Apparently each time it grows back, it grows back thicker, which means that more sap can travel through the branch at any one time, which means that a branch, when fully extended, has got more energy and sap to produce more fruit. That's the actual sort of science of it. If you don't prune a young vine frequently enough, the branch is too thin at the stem and there's not enough life to produce good fruit. A young vine is pruned frequently. Has that been your experience? As a young Christian, maybe? You encountered God's word. You see in verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, and you've read a bit of the Bible, and you encounter something that just seems weird or odd or potty, it, 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 it stands in stark contrast to the way you think, to your desires, your dreams. Jesus is saying something different. And you've got to decide, will I go my way or Jesus' way? It's tough. 
to change a mindset, to change a pattern of thinking, to change a lifestyle habit or activity, a lifestyle choice, to redirect it. But that's pruning. That's pruning. Secondly, pruning, first of all, is frequent. Secondly, it is the activity of a skilled gardener. It, it isn't just indiscriminate hacking. Don't let Joe or I anywhere near any of your plants if you want them pruned. We haven't got a clue. But a skilled gardener, a skilled vine dresser, they know exactly what it is they're doing. So the question is, do you trust God the gardener to prune your life? Will you trust him? as he comes with the shears. Will you recognize that and trust him? I can think of times when um, his pruning has seemed particularly hard on my life because he knew what he was doing. I think I thought my life was, was okay. It was sufficiently rooted, sufficiently sourced. But what I didn't realize was that actually I wasn't relying on the vine as a branch. I was relying on another branch, a big, thick branch which I'd mistaken, I think, or was in the process of mistaking for the vine himself. I was relying on other people, not Jesus. I think of a guy I want to honor by name, a chap called Mark Bishop, who was at school. He was a senior boy at school when I first came to Christ. He was a young Christian. And he was just so impressive to me in his Christian faith. I looked up to him, and I realized actually for a little while I was looking to him and not Jesus. And for some time after, when he'd left school, actually, even when I'd left school, I would think, I wonder what Mark would do in that situation. You know those, those things, the bands, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, I kind of subconsciously had, what would Mark do? <laughs> and the Lord had to kind of prune me. He had to wean me off, Mark, and actually other people. I'd come to rely on branches, other branches, not on the vine. Jesus says, remain in me. Remain in me. That's how we'll grow. That's how we'll have the energy to live this life. Not sucking the life out of others, but drawing on Jesus the vine. What are the other branches that we sometimes rely on? Maybe it's um, different programs within church. Maybe it's church itself. I rely on the fact that meetings take place that I can come to. And you begin to rely on them perhaps more than the Lord himself. Perhaps it's past events. You know that you had a, quite an experience of the Lord um, three years ago. Have you begun to rely on three years ago such that you've dried up in the here and now? Are you a branch, early on in verse two, that's in him but actually not bearing fruit any longer? The Lord is gonna come and prune to cut back in order that we might be even more fruitful. I wonder whether we rely a lot on common sense. The Lord has given us a brain to think, to reason. I wonder whether we reason so much that we, we almost exclude what the Lord might be saying to us. Breakthrough revelation. Fresh sap from the vine coursing through our branches. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. Fruitful living, Christ-like living, Christ in us comes from us abiding in him. So frequent pruning, skillful pruning, pruning out, weeding out those things which compete with the Lord. 
for energy and resource, inspiration, truth in our lives. Finally, regular pruning. Whoever we are, the vine needs to be pruned regularly. As I said, it grows prolifically. And actually, if you don't prune a vine, what happens is all sorts of branches begin to appear and grow over one another. And and eventually what it does, a, a vine untended will shut off sufficient light to enable the branches to grow. So actually the vine will, will begin to you know, rob itself of life. A good vine dresser will prune back to allow the healthy fruit-bearing branches to grow even more. And I think of, I think of my life and the, and the lives that we live today and how full my life is of, of clutter, things, gadgets, How I need sometimes ruthlessly to allow the Lord to prune me in the use of my time. To switch off the phone or the TV or the DVD or whatever it might be. Even just to get out of my habitual places, to go somewhere different, to be still. To plug into the vine, as it were, afresh. To strengthen that connection. And as maybe I have a sense, a hunch of the Lord throwing up things that have been hindering his life in me to determine to allow him to cut them off, to prune in order that we might be more fruitful. I am the vine and you are the branches. My father is the gardener. He prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will be even more fruitful. We come to celebrate Holy Communion now. And as we come, in the few minutes, just as we prepare, opportunity for us to think, are there ways in which the Lord is maybe quite rigorously pruning, challenging areas of our lives, growth in us that is unhealthy? Do we trust the Lord and his skill? Do we trust the gardener? He knows what he's doing. Will we allow him regularly, through his word, by his spirit, maybe encouraged by other Christians around about us, will we encourage that ongoing work of pruning so that we might bear even more fruit? A moment of quiet for us to reflect on the Lord's word to us.